Hey everybody, welcome back to the table. I am going to attempt to do something today that lots of people have attempted to do. <clears throat> and I'm gonna give kind of a brief overview um, of the book of Revelation. This is a really tough task uh, because of all the misunderstandings out there uh, concerning the book of Revelation. Uh, years ago, uh, every summer for about 15 years, I would take the summer um, and just study specifically the book of Revelation. I bought books on it. Um, obviously, my views on it have changed over the years. You know, I had read all the left behind books, um, you know, all the books that scared uh, youth group kids when they'd come home after playing with their friends and nobody be in the house or they woke up from taking a nap and they thought um, everybody had been raptured except for them, uh, which meant that God was displeased with them according to their theology. Um, I went through and read different views on it, um, went to conferences on it. I was really obsessed with trying to understand this book because you know, in it, it says there is a blessing for those who read it. Now, my uh, misunderstanding there was I thought it was a blessing for those who understand it. And before I jump into an overview of the book of Revelation, I think it's important to note that, you know, people are um, argue over this. They divide in Christianity, one from another, create denominations based on their views. I've been in and preached in just about every kind of church you can think of with a million different views of how it all plays out. You know, when most of us hear about the book of Revelation, we think it's a book about the end of the world. And so our minds jump to, you know, the whole world exploding in nuclear warfare or, you know, the Antichrist coming on the scene, this prolific demonic human figure. Um, who terrorizes the whole world and brings it under one world government. And all kinds of different things come out of that view, ways we vote, the way we view uh, people in the world, the, you know, just how we live and view everything, you know. And if we don't believe that there's a future for us, we don't tend to plan for it. So um, many Christian denominations in time past, people didn't save their money or do things because they thought Jesus was coming tomorrow and only to live out their whole life and, and not have a lot of things they could have had because of it. So in order to really get into the book of Revelation, uh, we have to start with what the revelation was about. You know, it says that this is the revelation of Jesus Christ and it is the unveiling. It is the apocalypsis. The word meaning the revealing, it means that it unveils Jesus Christ. So the book is really about Jesus. So a lot of people don't study it because they just believe, well, I can't figure it out and um, I'm not going to read it. I'll just leave it up to those um, who are more um, studious than me or have degrees or whatever. But unfortunately, they miss out on a blessing because in it, it reveals something about the new covenant, the Christic covenant, the um in Christ's message, our inclusion in the hope for the whole world. So this might be a, uh, uh, a series of maybe one or two episodes. So I kind of want to just jump into it and give you my thoughts. I'm not going to go verse by verse or lay it out that way, but I just kind of want to talk about it in a dialogue and conversation to inspire you to see it in a new light. 
So like I said, the book of Revelation is an unveiling of Jesus Christ as the great reconciler, the restorer, the rescuer of the human race. He's the lamb slain and risen. He fulfilled mankind's destiny with death and judgment. He signified all of the implications of this and it can't be exaggerated. It reaches to our entire past, our entire present, and to all of the future of human history. In the immediate context of the writing, which happened about 68 AD, it was graphic and prophetic and apocalyptic literature. So when you read the Bible, you have to understand the different genres in it. You know, you have the poems, the the book of Job, the Psalms, then you have the Proverbs, there's wisdom, then you have the epistle letters, you have writings that are written like letters to a friend. So there's prophetic writings like Isaiah and Ezekiel, and they carry with them different symbolism, different allegory and metaphors. And so when we try to just read the whole Bible in a certain way, we come up with a lot of the wrong conclusions because we don't understand the drama. We don't understand the genre. So it's prophetic symbolism in the book of Revelation that is pointing to something that has already taken place. But the central message of the book is way more relevant to us in our spiritual life. It unveils the extent of the triumph of Jesus, the Lamb of God, restoring and redeeming our innocence, our sense of belonging, our sense of value and identity and royalty for the entire human race in securing our wedlock union and prophesying a romance of the age. It's in his blood that he brought the closure and that was in the incompetent sacrificial system which failed in its attempt to manage mankind's sinfulness and most importantly, our sin consciousness, the thing that condemned us all the time, our focus on ourselves and what we can do to approach God. So Jesus Christ in his incarnation, who is fully God and fully man, doesn't just represent God, he represents us, that God gave himself as our scapegoat in dying our death then raising us together with him in the resurrection, that Jesus as the firstborn from the dead, not the only born, the first firstborn, and we came after him, he rebirthed us and redeemed us in his image and his likeness within us. Colossians 1 and 26 talks about that, you know, mankind uh, sought after this quest, the mystery, which was hidden. It was, it remained elusive and concealed for ages and generations is now fully realized in Jesus, our redeemed innocence. And I'm paraphrasing. And then Colossians 1 and 27 says, it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. One version says, within us, God is delighted to exhibit the priceless treasure of his glorious unveiling of Christ in dwelling in order that every person on the planet, whoever they may be, may now come to the greatest discovery of all time and recognize Christ in them as a mirror. He is the desire of all nations and he completes their every expression. That same translation goes on in verse 28 to say, this is the essence and focus of our message. We awaken and realign everyone's mind, instructing every individual by bringing them into the full understanding in order that we may prove everyone perfect in Christ or to realign every mind with God's mind. 
So the message in the revelation of Jesus Christ is not a, a static thing, but it's a dynamic thing. You know, all across the planet, people face challenges and testings and temptations to conform to a religious mindset instead of expanding their true identity and freedom through Jesus Christ. And unfortunately, it repeats itself when people look at this book as a book of judgments. We look at everything as God angry and judging the world instead of fully realizing the finished work of Jesus Christ and what it accomplished. We believe God's demanding a blood sacrifice all the time for the sins of the world rather than looking back and seeing the, the, the only and the final and the once and for all blood sacrifice for sin was brought about by Jesus ending the hostility of separation that we faced and that all the tragedies and wars and horrible things that happen on the earth are not God. They're not acts of God. Judgment is no longer God's business, but salvation is his business. So in the book of Revelation, John says he wrote this in signs and symbols. It's very important that we understand the, the Greek word here for sign is semaneo, S-E-M-A-I-N-O in Revelation 1 and 1, which is important for us to understand and introduce that this whole thing was introduced as a symbolic sign to signify, to picture, to portray. It's a symbolism and an imagery that play out a specific and important role in the book of Revelation. John would constantly use pictures that his Jewish audience would have understood because they were already familiar with them because a lot of the pictures he pulls out are pulled out of the Old Testament prophecies. You know, horsemen talks about other things in there, trumpets, there are stars pictured in there. All those things are being pulled out in the context of the messianic finished work of what Jesus came to do both for us and as us. And it's important for us to understand the prophetic nature of the book. In Revelation 1.10, he says he was in the spirit. He was having a trance, a prophetic encounter. He was seeing a vision on the day of the Lord and he heard a voice behind him clear and distinct like the sound of a trumpet. Uh, Lynn Hiles, who I love his uh, take on the book of Revelation, he talks about the importance of that uh, trumpet. It was made out of a, a death of a male ram or a horn, that the sound comes out of a death and it's behind him. So what it's actually speaking of is not something that's about to happen, but it's a revelation of the complete picture of the finished work and in Christ's message that happened in the cross of Christ that John hears behind him, we actually have to know, like I said, that this is so important because it means it's already happened in the prophetic context. You know, God doesn't start things to finish them. He finished things to start them. The lamb was slain from the foundation of the world. So everything we're seeing in the world that we don't see as completely fulfilled is already complete in Christ. And we're renewing our minds backwards to find out everything that's already happened to us. So when you think about in Genesis uh, 22 and 7, where Abraham asked Isaac, we have the fire in the wood, but there's no lamb for a burnt offering. Uh, Abraham answered, God will provide a lamb for burnt offering. So then we read Abraham lifted up his eyes and behold, behind him was a lamb or a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. 
So in the book of Revelation, it's a prophetic picture of saying, hey, before Abraham was, I am, that even the sacrifice for Abraham, the sacrifice for the sins of the world, past, present, and future are behind us, happened in the heart of God before it ever manifests in the earth. And there, therefore, according to the book of Hebrews, is therefore no need for a sacrifice. Revelation 1 and 12 says, having turned about to face the voice, I saw seven lampstands made out of gold. John's attention was drawn back, like I said, into the picture of Exodus. The entire lampstand was fashioned from one piece of gold. Make seven lampstands for a table, Exodus 25, 37. Arrange the lamps so that they throw their light out in front. It's prophetic light. Exodus 25, 34, the lampstand itself is to have four flower cups shaped like almond blossoms with buds and petals. The almond tree is a prophetic picture of all the trees it blossoms um, first after the winter sleep. This is what the scriptures are talking about. Behold, the winter is over and the spring has come. It's speaking of the firstborn from the dead where Jeremiah says, what do you see? He said, I see a branch in almond tree. And the Lord said to me, I am awake over my word to perform it. And then he sees it fully blossomed. The table in the temple is also a significant theme in the book of Revelation. It clearly pictures the new covenant, the bridal banquet, the marriage feast of the lamb. So much of what John saw in the revelation was a prophetic picture of the context of what he would have understood. He would have understood the typography that God was using in signs and symbols to get him to understand what he was speaking about. So the imagery of Ezekiel mirrored in the book of Revelation, the symbols, the pictures, John sees the judgment of the world immediately remind him of the typical Jewish audience of the prophets, imagery about judgment. This time, however, the slaughtered and risen lamb brings a new context. Israel's unfaithfulness is met and eclipsed by God's faithfulness. The lamb's death and resurrection confronts every idea of man's understanding about judgment and sacrifice and victory. I'll give you one more and then we're gonna probably stop this one. And this may be a little bit of a series where we just kind of unpack this to open your eyes that there may be more going on in the book of Revelation than we really understand. So Revelation 1.19 says, Now therefore, without delay, give accurate account in documenting everything that you have seen, both as they are and also what their immediate intentional context has brought about. It's important to see the uh, the revelance in mirror matching all these things, both in their prophetic context as well as in their fulfillment. So what he's declaring is, he's declaring that it's important for you to not only see what's happening now, but what is to come and what is still to come is not anything different than what has happened. It's just a fulfillment of everything that God spoke about that finds its completion in Jesus Christ. When we talk about the lamb, we talk about the powerful nature of God's lamb-like nature that he is the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. So this is amazing to me, that the lamb of God, the scandalous grace of God, is the central theme of the book, the lion is conquered. He 
who is of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, is qualified to open the scrolls and the seven seals. It's through his death, his burial, and his resurrection that unseals the scrolls in us that have been bound up since the garden. What is a scroll? It's a word, it's a document, it's a written writing. Jesus is the word of God made flesh. He's the logos of God. When we see the finished work of Jesus Christ, the seals in us are unlocked and revelation is open to us to see not only who God is, but who we are. I'm gonna end this one here. I hope you guys are encouraged by this. We'll jump back more into this. I might even do this maybe for a week and then jump off of it. But I get asked all the time about the book of Revelation, you know, by people who wanna serve Christ, people who don't, people who are, people who aren't, people who we see are in and people who we see are out. People are interested in it. It's, it's talked about more than probably any other book in the Bible. Maybe even more so than the Sermon on the Mount. People are interested in it. Books have been written on it, but so much of it is confusing because we don't understand the signs and the symbols. We don't understand the nature of the book is to reveal Jesus. And in revealing Jesus, our hearts are open and people's hearts are awakened. So I hope that encourages you. Um, I went a little longer than I wanted to on this one. I hope you guys are uh, having a great day. I'm going to jump back into just reading. Uh, feel free to follow us on the table on Facebook, like us on Spotify, share with a friend, and uh, let me know what you think about these episodes.